Welcome into a new episode of Who Day Talks. We got so much good and depressing stuff to get to. We're going to be recapping the Bengals Broncos game. Uh, head coach got fired on Sunday. We're going to be doing positional mock drafts, and we're going to be talking about some players that Bengals could or could not draft. So, speaking to it, I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw Tate on the inactive, listen, if you guys listen, you guys know we're not like big Tate fanboys like some other people, but that was almost like foreshadowing the green injury because when I saw that, I kind of had that gut feeling, well, hopefully green doesn't get hurt. I I mean, I didn't really have that feeling per se because, I mean, it, it just didn't really have an impact for me. I, I think green, I think you had to play him today no matter what. Uh, he seemed fine. He was adamant that he was fine. I don't think there's really anything the training staff could have done. I was listening to some 700 WLW earlier today, and a lot of people on oh, – I forget who it was, but whoever was running the post-game show seemed to blame the training staff a lot. And I – personally, I don't really see that as their issue. And I know they're the ones that are rehabbing and doing all that. But at the end of the day, if the player says he's fine, he says he's 100% with an injury like that, I don't think you can – because at that point, with that injury, it's a pain tolerance thing. And – if AJ Green says he's fine and he says he's been saying he's fine for the past week and a half, you got to play him and you got to have him t- try it out. And I mean, it's unfortunate, yeah, but at the same time, you can't really be ginger about it with a guy like AJ just because you don't you need him to be happy. And he was obviously not happy that he wasn't playing last week. And you can't go to a, you can't bench him this week just because you're a little worried about that. So I think they made the right call in letting him play. It just worked out the wrong way. I don't know because. The way he got hurt, and for y'all, you all who didn't see how he got hurt, he took a couple steps, didn't get touched, and just immediately was holding his foot. And just that's kind of an indication he wasn't ready to play. Like, I agree you want to keep your players happy, but if but if he's that prone to get injury again, then he's clearly not ready. And I think that's the trainer's job to be like, okay, we know you want to play, but you're going to hurt yourself again. So there's – not completely on the trainers, but there's they. I don't know how to say that. That just can't happen. Yeah, I did some research on that injury, and so essentially what it is is there's two things that happen with it. The um essentially it's has to do with that big toe joint, and it happens on turf toe. Or it's called turf toe because it happens a lot with like football players and anyone who plays on turf because it's not as padded as grass is or as something else. That, something else is, and it happens when overly flex it and you keep doing it repetitively and in addition to that big toe joint it also there's a a, uh not a tendon a uh maybe it is a tendon i forget i forget the technical term for it but it's not it's something that can get torn and um essentially if it gets bad enough and it keeps getting worse and worse it can get torn and based on what i researched it kind of looks like he tore that it's called i think it's called the plantar complex looks like he tore it just because the way he because it was so non-contact and how he was in so much pain and how he just went straight to the ground makes me think that it was a little more serious and uh so yeah you have a point where yes the trainer should have held him out I just think like the way I see it is the trainers can't really do much about it with that kind of injury it's kind of more wait and see you gotta you gotta test it a little bit and I don't really think there's anything that we could have done that would have ended I mean I think it's just unlucky more than anything else. Something interesting, and this was around 12, 30, 12, 45. 
before the game. I some dude DM me on Instagram. He's like, "Yo, I'm watching AJ Green warm up. He keeps pointing at his foot. He looks slow. He doesn't look good." Really? Yeah, and somebody. And like that's not exact word for word. That's basically what he said. He point he pointed out that he was pointing out his toe and he wasn't looking good. So when that happens, then kind of got to rethink if you want to play him or not. Yeah, that's interesting. I I didn't have a chance to watch pregame. I was trying to find a uh, find a live stream I could watch. Yeah, I ended up watching it on Yahoo. Um, yeah, so I didn't get was, a chance. Pre-game, he was at but... the game. He was like front. He was like in the end zone in. Like right where the Bengals were warming up. That is interesting. Wow, yeah. I I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, if, if that's the case, then yeah, I agree with you. The trainer should have definitely held him out. He should not have been in that game if he was pointing to it pregame like that. Yeah, that's definitely not something that should have happened. I agree with you on that. Um, other than AJ, uh, I think he you... might be done for season. That's oh, I think what's he's being spec. That's yeah. what's being speculated. And just right after he went down, I knew he was out for the season. I one hundred percent he's. He's done. There's only four games left. Like, what's the point? What's the point? He's at least missing two weeks. At the that's if we, if you're lucky. I think he's he's gonna miss some serious time. If I, it it would shock me if he's ready by uh, OTAs. Honestly, if it, if it ends up being that torn plantar uh, plantar complex, I I it would shock me if he's ready by OTAs. And not by ready, I mean, like, he's not going to be 100%. I think when he starts OTAs, if he tore that planner complex, he'd be in limited participation. Um, but, yeah. I mean, also, in addition to AJ, we had some other injuries. Burfecht went out in, on concussion protocol. Um, who else? Do you, I'm, I know I'm missing someone here. Kirkpatrick got banged up, kept getting banged up during the game and kept coming back. So yeah, I saw that. I didn't really want to – I didn't count that. Not so. newsworthy, but just something to kind of keep an eye out. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple times this year. Every offensive lineman on that was active today played. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, none played good. None played good. I thought Bowling played pretty good, actually. Uh, yeah, I guess he was all right. Definitely the best. Uh, He's definitely the best out of the, out of the yeah, group. Yeah. He still gave up some sacks. And I hope there's some people, like Cordy Glenn is an amazing. There's some people who think he's horrible. I just hope after these past couple weeks, they'll realize he's not that bad. He's a solid starter. Not what he used to be. He needs to lose some weight, but he's not that bad. And the Bills got – I talked to a few people from the Bills who are happy to get rid of him, and they all said that, yeah, he he doesn't suck. He's a good player, but the issue is he always gets injured. And that leads me – I I mean, I think the hope when he came here was, okay, maybe he can get over this little injury hump, change of, change of scenery. Uh, that hasn't been the case thus far. Um and with the way the Bengals do stuff being still in the 1990s, I don't know yeah. why they would expect that. Yeah. Um, I think I think after this game, I think we have a chance. That if we lose out, we could get a whole new training staff, a whole new coaching staff. Uh, don't count on it. But yeah, Honestly, like, I know the training staff can't control the way the team practices, but they can kind of put input to the coaches like, hey, uh, you should – not do this or that could cause problems or certainly like for I play football and our high school trainers are always telling our coaches like hey you should probably do this or not telling them how to practice but stuff to help us stay healthy yeah and I yeah I think that plays a little bit into it I just think a lot of that is I feel like that organization is very 
very structured to where, okay, you do this job, you do that job, and you guys don't collaborate, you do this, you do that, that's that. Like, it's very compartmentalized. And I think that needs a change. And I think the fact that Marvin has been there so long and that coaching staff has kind of been there, been ingrained there so long, I don't think the training staff would even feel comfortable expressing that just because since the coaching staff is so well set in, I feel like the training staff might feel a little bit expendable. And if they say the wrong thing, they might be like, oh, well, I mean, it, it, I just can see, I can see something like that with like a power dynamic kind of yeah. effect in that. And, uh, but yeah, that's what I got on that. Um, I'm gonna move on. Let's talk about Jeff Driscoll real quick. There are some people we kind of joked about it last week. He thought that he was ultimately better than Andy. Some people thought he could be our franchise. <laughs> I know he didn't get a lot of help, but chill on that. He's not better than Andy. He's definitely not our franchise in that show. I see. I, I I'm two part thing. I think Andy Dalton is better, a better football player than him. I think Jeff Driscoll is better for this offense than Andy Dalton. I, I said that last week. I'm gonna stick with this yeah. this week. Uh, my issue with it was I saw the play. You can tell that the the, uh, the coaches kind of they didn't let Jeff. They didn't, let, they didn't let him lose. They kind of made him stay in the pocket a little bit. They incorporated those uh, quick passes, which are good to an extent, but they never really let him scramble. They didn't let him get outside of the pocket, and that's where he kind of excels, uh, as we saw late in the game last week. And I think they need to incorporate that more in practice this week because you could tell that this last week of practice, they weren't having him roll out. They weren't having him – they were having him play Andy Dalton. and they're, He's not Andy Dalton. Yeah. He's a completely different kind of quarterback, and you can't have a guy with a guy that athletic. I mean, we heard players all week saying how athletic Jeff, Dris- Jeff Driscoll was. He, they said he's the second fastest guy on the team. He can he can dunk it this way, that way, whatever. Uh, I think with a guy like that, you have to you have to get a little creative with him. And I know that's the exact opposite of what the Bengals are doing, but at the end of the day, he's not Andy Dalton. He's definitely not the type of quarterback Andy Dalton is. Yeah. So you got to play to your strengths, and I know that's something the Bengals struggle with. But I think that's quarterback. You have to do it. Right. Exactly. And um, I don't see why they can't get creative, especially at this point. Like they can tell themselves all they want, but the season's over. So why not get creative? Why not be risky? What's the reward? I mean, what's the risk? The risk is are you're not going to do much anyways. The risk in their eyes is they lose their jobs, and I think. These coaches, these, these coaches truly believe if they can finish two and two, they'll keep their jobs. And I think if they try and get creative with it, um, that's something I was actually going to bring up. Kind of finishing strong and why that should be concerned for us fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, we we need to be rooting against them the last two weeks. You don't need a re- repeat of last year where we go into week uh, sixteen. Five and nine, and end up finishing seven and nine. No, we 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 got to lose out. We have to lose out. We want to yeah. lose out right now. That, that doesn't make you a fake fan. It makes you the way I say. It, you're just wanting what's better, and sometimes you got to be negative for the better outcome. That's just how it is sometimes. Like there's like my concern is let's just say we somehow, let's just say we somehow, week 17, go in and find a way to beat the Steelers. I don't think it's happened, but Mike Brown's going to look at that. We could even be against the Steelers back and be like, wow, Marvin still has it. Let's use that second-year option. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, and that's another thing. I don't – yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, 
Kind of shifting gears a little bit. Uh, what did you think about the defensive line? I, Hubbard had a pretty good game. Yeah, uh, Hubbard and Willis, I think, did solid. I, Willis had a sack. I also saw him got pressure a little more consistently this week or did, just did a better job generally getting off blocks. It's definitely much improved. But also, that being said, the Broncos' the offense and offensive line is not that good. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Um <sighs> I mean, I don't really know what else to talk about. If I get a little bit depressed, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the defense overall in that. I didn't think they played bad. I don't think they played bad at all. Yeah, they, yeah, they played well. About to say that, like corners, I did not. I mean, Darius Phillips kind of got owned by Cortland Sutton on that touchdown. The five ten versus a six three or six four guy. That's not the best matchup. That's. The, I heard something on the, on radio. I told you guys to listen to some seven hundred WLW and. Job of the coach is to put the players in a position to to succeed. And if you put a five ten corner on a six four wide receiver, that's not putting your guy in a position to succeed. So I think what happened this was one of the times Kirkpatrick was out, and they had William Jackson on Sanders, which I get that, but at that point you put in you Russell. Know the situation but at, at that point. Kevry Russell was he was active, right? I mean, yeah, he played. Yeah, so you put Kevry Russell in in that situation. You don't put your Five, he, and they list him as five nine. There's no way he's over. Or they list him as five ten. There's no way he's over five nine. Uh, that's you cannot. You can't do that. You can't have a six four wide receiver on a five nine corner, and it's just not going to work out well. And the co- the coverage wasn't bad. It's just he, was in he had seven. He had seven inches on him, and uh, at some point, measurables matter. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I, I, yeah, like you said, I think the corners played very well. I think the defensive line did okay. Uh, linebackers, they not obviously the suck. worst performance. Not their worst performance, they but they still suck. I mean, we have to remember that this Broncos offense isn't some Steelers offense, isn't some Chargers offense, not the Rams. They're they're a really shitty offense. So yeah. you got Case Keenum as your quarterback. You have, I mean, they don't have that much. They they just don't. Don't look uh, too much into this is what we're saying, basically. Right, exactly. Philip Lindsay, he ran all over us. And, yes, he's a good running back. And that long but, touchdown, and, I, I thought we were in position. We just – or I want to say in position. We had the concept to stop that play, just bad angles, not filling the gaps, just poor disciplines, like what lets – just not Lindsay, but running backs all over kill us. Yeah, one other thing I noticed, um, early in the game, around the first quarter – I saw Burfecht lined up as Sam linebacker. I don't know if you saw that. Um, it was on, I, I believe it was third down, third and short. Um, and a lot of the reason why we got the stop there was because uh, Burfecht was at Sam linebacker, and he kind of helped. He he shifted uh, Philip Lindsay to the outside where Sean Williams is waiting. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I, I don't know if we want to try that a little more or not. I, I didn't see – it wasn't that big of a sample size, obviously. I think Vigil came back in the next play. Yeah. And I but, think at this point they're just moving Burfecht around because they – here's the thing with Burfecht. Even for how bad he's been playing, his job is secure. So they're trying to – I think what Marvin was trying to do where the ball is going, he wants Burfecht there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, while he's been struggling lately, he, he is our most talented linebacker. Uh and speaking of linebackers, I want to see Malik Jefferson play more. I don't, I don't think he got any meaningful snaps this game at all. I don't know if he got any. I don't know if he got any. Teams. He might have gotten special teams, actually. Yeah. But other than that. 
I'm not counting that towards defensive snaps. Yeah, I'm not counting that, no. Yeah, and again, like, I know for the coaches, I mean, coaches, I don't even see this as a risk to your jobs. I mean, like, what you really think you can be any worse than Hardy Nickerson? I mean, I just don't understand that. Hardy Nickerson had a decent game today, actually. Yeah. Uh, he had he had that strip sack or not strip sack the strip fumble, fumble. That was a really good play. I won't. Lie. That was a very good play. Uh, that was that was a heads up play. I like that. And I'm of the contention that Hardy Nickerson deserves to be on this team. He's he deserves to be on the team, but he does not deserve to start. I think he's a great fifth linebacker to have. You want a young guy with experience as your fifth linebacker. Uh, that you need someone to play over him though. I yeah. like you need someone to play Vinny over. Ray in the future shouldn't be starting. But right, you exactly. Need, you need him to come for a couple of plays. Yeah, he can handle that. But if you keep putting him in, he's going to get picked on. Right, exactly. And he's yeah, like you said, he's that kind of player that you can have in there, but you can't have him in there long enough to where the offense is going to notice that he's in there and start to work it through his through his position. So, other than that, uh, I think we pretty much covered a lot. Um, do you want to move over to uh, the other side of things? Yeah, let's talk about Mike McCarthy real quick. Just we're we're recording this Sunday night, and just a couple hours ago, he got fired immediately after the Packers game. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I don't want him as the Bengals head coach. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be calling for that. Um, I think I essentially think he's a slightly better version of Marvin. Uh, yes, he has playoff experience, but he has been terrible as of late, uh, and he has the best. I, he has the most talented quarterback of all time, in my opinion. So I don't think that's very excusable. I I would not. He kind of runs a. Uh, I don't want to call it an air raid offense, but his his offense kind of runs through the long pass, and we have Andy Dalton. So I don't think that's really a good fit. Um, now if we were to now if signing okay now if signing him were to make us draft a quarterback, then I I think I'd be more okay with that. But knowing the Bengals, I don't think they're going to go that route. So I don't think I want him on our team. Yeah, I think that's going to be a problem with any head coach we're going to bring in. If they're interviewing Mike, just say Mike Brown's interviewing them, they ask what they want to do. They say head coach. I feel like Mike Brown is like, no, we like Andy. That's yeah, and that's, that's going to be that, – I think that's what is ultimately going to lead us back to Hugh. And I'm going to tell you guys this. I don't know about Braden, but me personally, if, if we end up <laughs> – if Hugh Jackson ends up being our next head coach – I will not. I will not be doing anything Bengals related anymore. I will be strictly sticking to draft stuff, possibly even changing sides to the Browns. I don't. I don't care at this point. If Hugh Jackson is the next head coach of the Browns, I can't. I can't follow the team anymore. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's pointless and it's bad. And we're going to be talking about a quarterback later in this podcast. But I mean, at this point, for Mike McCarthy to or just really any good head coach wanting to take over, we're going to need to be open to a new quarterback. And even if we did get a new quarterback, I don't like Mike McCarthy. Just the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers in, you can give him whatever excuse you want, but he we're at a day in the NFL where you need a great coach to be successful. And I, don't, I don't think Aaron – I don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers shares some, shares some of the blame too. I think, I think McCarthy is – Aaron Rodgers is more arid than – McCarthy really is, and that's why you see Aaron Rodgers miss so many checkdowns. Uh, so I think I'm gonna kind of retract my earlier statement, but I I like McCarthy as a not in a, not on a team that how do I explain this on a more of a strictly rebuilding team. I would like him more on. So if if, if we were the team, if we were a team like I'm trying to think of a really bad team right now, 
Not, Raiders. Well, I want to say the Raiders, but they just got John. But yeah, sure, like <laughs> the Raiders. The Raiders, a team that's trying to go from bad to good. That's that's kind of Mike McCarthy's that kind of head coach. He he's going to take you from bad to good. He's not going to take you from good to great. Yeah, and, and that's, that's my fear. Like he he's had the talent. Uh, I know he has a Super Bowl, but you look at that team. I think that's just more the talent over over Wayne Henning. We've seen the talent of Green Bay kind of bail him out, and when it and to me, whenever I see him getting to a coaching battle, he does not win them, and that's kind of reminds me of Marvin. Yeah, and then, yeah, I I agree with that. And another thing is, I'm not trying to give him excuses. I I don't think Mike McCarthy is the answer for us, but the Packers did not have the best run office. They've given him a lot of bad defenses. And I'm not excusing that for his performance this year. This this year's performance was not solely on him, but a lot of it was on him. Uh, but in previous years, and yes, we're all going to say, like, oh, he only had one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, but look at his the defenses he's fielded. I mean, other, since Clay Matthews and A.J. Hawk in their prime, they really haven't had anyone. Uh, I mean, yes, they had Sam Shields for a little bit, but, like, no one – truly elite and they didn't really go out and spend money and they they're they're the only team that was worse than the Bengals in the free agency so i i tend to believe that i mean yes part of it's michael carly's fault but i mean you can't blame everything on him but then that's a problem not spending money then that's not going to change here exactly so yeah we shouldn't have them that's my point yeah and, and maybe not today but if no, let's actually talk about the news on Marvin that came out. I kind of brought it up earlier that apparently it's, it was actually a one-year contract with an option for a second year. Yes, that – yeah, Adam Schefter reported that. Uh, Ian Rappaport. But was it – well, I saw it on, from Adam Schefter too. Uh, uh, maybe maybe it wasn't. It doesn't really matter. The same, it was essentially the same person. Uh, they really are. But, um, yeah, so – Reliable. One and one, one-year option on the end of this deal – uh, instead of that two-year uh, deal we were originally believed to uh, to have. Um, that's interesting. I don't think it makes that big of a difference. But, I mean, it's, it's nice to know. Uh, I know a lot of people... It's easier for th- you to come back, I think. I think... What? What would you say? Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think it, it might be another reason why we brought back to you. I think... I think you know where I'm going at. Yeah, I mean, I... I tend to think that, yes, it makes a little bit of a difference. If it was just a two-year deal straight up, it would be slightly more enticing to keep him. But I don't think that it being a a year option at the end really does anything for us, just because I, I just don't see it. I don't see it changing their mind. I, I know Mike Brown's just cheap, cheap bastard or whatever, but, like, I mean, we're still going to have this. They're still comfortable. They're, they're uncomfortable with change. They don't like change, and I don't – I think that one-year option would just be essentially the same thing as a two-year a two-year deal at the beginning. Um, it's going to be what Marvin wants. Yeah, it's going to be what Marvin wants. And if he wants G- GM or or the office, he'll get it. If he wants to stay head coach, Mike Brown will gladly let him keep it. Yeah, something I also found interesting, and uh, I I they along with that report of the one-on-one also came his reported salary and that was a lot higher than I anticipated it being. How much was uh, it? I didn't see it. I believe it was, I, this was, I looked this up. It was late. Or I was really tired. I looked it up. But I believe it was 9 million. Ooh. 
Like I knew he was going to get a raise. No, no, actually, no, it wasn't nine. Actually, it, it was it was either seven or nine. It was a weird number. Still, it's but a it, it ranked it ranks it ranks ninth of the rest of the head coaches. I do remember that it ranked ninth of the rest of the head coaches, and um, I think it was somewhere between seven and nine. But it ranked ninth between the head coaches. That is what I do remember, um, which I thought was really hefty from the Bengals organization. So maybe they are willing to open up the pocketbook for a different head coach. I doubt it, but I mean. I, that was that kind of gave me a little bit of hope. Yeah, but with that being said, we've seen them kind of overpay for their guys, so it could just be another. Yeah, that's true. Just that's a good point. Coach. Yeah. So I don't think we can look too much into that, other than Mike Brown likes Marvin Lewis. Yeah, are you ready to uh, go on to the more the uh, the uh, off season prospect side? Yeah. So we want to do a positional mock drafts first. Yeah, you can go ahead first. All right. So I just. So this is – so I made a couple. This is what I think the Bengals will do, assuming they keep Marvin. And I didn't do any comp picks because I don't know exactly what they are. So anyways, round one, I think they do go linebacker. I Even though that they've never drafted one high or they haven't in forever, I think Marvin Lucy has kind of been on the lookout for one. And I think – and I'm not saying they should or where they're drafting is going to be a good one to do. But I think they will go linebacker one way or the other. Then, assuming they do that, I think they go offensive tackle round two. They or because they just need a new one. Bobby Hart's obviously been horrible. Andre Smith's not going to take over the spot next year. Pretty sure Andre Smith's just going to leave the team. He he only signed a one year deal, right? I yeah, it's just it's just the rest of the season. Okay, I thought so. Then. So that, and with that being done, I think they go tight end around three. It's just, but I don't know if they're going to bring back Eifert or not. I think they're, if they don't, there's going to be contract toxic. But no matter what, they need to start finding that replacement. I thought they, Mark Andrews was somebody last year who I really wanted. I thought they missed out on. So I think if there's one, they're going to take a tight end. Yeah, and this is a really deep tight end class. So I think this is a year to, draft one in the third round because I think a third round tight end this year is you could get a you could get a first round tight end in the third round this year. I, I personally see four or five different tight ends that are that I could fathom taking in the first round late, obviously, but yeah. I can fa- I don't have I don't not, I don't have five first round grades on tight ends, but I do see five guys that I could see t- getting taken in the first round. Yeah and the Bengals if you look look at some of their previous drafts in the past five or six years, they value the tight end high. They've taken two tight ends in the first round. They've taken Uzama or in the fifth, Croft in the third. And with it being a strong tight end class, I think they do take one, kind of hoping to be Eifert's replacement because the Bengals obviously like him, but they also know the injuries are a big issue. Yeah. Round four, this is where it gets a little tricky because odds are you're not going to get a starter. So I have them taking offensive line. Don't know exactly where, but they need depth at center guard tackle. Because I don't know. Because I don't know how they were going to want to, like, if Andre losing, okay, you need another backup. And they they missed a chance with Tyrell Crosby last year. Even if he didn't start for us, which I think he would have a great backup. And And we've seen this year we needed backups and kind of been screwed with it. So I think they're going to try and find an ideal backup. Round five, I think they're going to go 
linebacker again because it's just such a big team need. I feel like they're going to look for kind of an athletic guy, almost kind of how they found Evans in the six rounds a couple of years ago, just a guy who's athletic and they think they can work with. Six round, I'm going to go not running back, a cornerback because I feel like, like I think it's just going to be positional. They like cornerbacks and I feel like they're good at scouting cornerbacks, like finding Darius Phillips last year. I think they're going to try and look for a guy. I don't think they like Russell that much, just based off how he was initially on the practice squad and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they cornered in round seven. Best player available, I have no idea who that is. So I'm just going to say uh, running back, that probably won't make the team. But anyways, that's – that's my positional mocks. Probably pretty inaccurate. All the rounds might be wrong, but that's what I could see happening. Yeah, and I, I, uh, on my mock draft, I included the comps just because I think it's expected that we have. I think we end up we end up with five six round picks, so that's that's what we are expected to have right now. So I kind of just included the comps a little bit, but uh, this this mock draft is going to be what I think they're going to do. I also made one that I, what I would do. I don't yes. know if we're going to do that as well. Uh, we'll see what we're doing on time. All right, yeah, we can see what we're doing on time. Uh, so I'm going to do my realistic draft first. Uh, first up, <clears throat> I'm going to go offensive tackle and because right now we look to pick pretty high. I don't see any linebacker that's worth a top 10 pick right now. Um, and, yes, I know they're aggressive in trading back last year. I don't think they're going to do that this year. Um, I don't see them going for a quarterback just because they, they love Andy and they love Marvin. So I'm going to go offensive tackle. There's two legit offensive tackle prospects this year in Jonah Williams and Yadni Kajusti. Oh, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> both of those guys would be worth a top 10 pick. They don't like going linebacker. In, in the past, they've only gone linebacker, I believe, once, and that was Keith Rivers. And that's in Marvin's whole tenure, in the first round at least. And they don't really like going – I mean, they they, they kind of love offensive line in the first round. They, they've done that in the past a lot. Um, so, yeah, they like taking offensive line early. So, I think they're going to they're gonna stick with that. They're going to try and support Andy, keep him healthy. Um and go offensive tackle there. Second round, I think they're gonna go linebacker. Um, guys, in this, I I'm very high on Joe Giles Harris. I see him as a mid first rounder, but being from a small school, it's very possible he drops to the second round. So with that being said, I in the second round, I'd like to see them draft a guy like Devin Bush, Joe Giles Harris, like I just said. Um, anyone who really could drop. So Devin White's obviously not gonna drop. Mac Wilson probably doesn't drop. Uh, but yeah, so Devin Bush, uh, Patty Fisher, Joe Giles Harris, you guys would like to see them draft in the second round at linebacker. Uh, third round, I'm going to agree with you, go tight end. Um, see, this kind of depends on who we resign. If we end up resigning Croft, I would like to go a guy like Caden Smith or. Yeah, I, I think Caden Smith, if we do sign uh, Croft, just because Croft is a good blocking tight end, Caden Smith really isn't. So it'd be kind of a one two punch. Um, if we get rid of Croft, if if Croft walks in free agency, I would like to see us go Dawson Knox or TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. Um, I don't know if they're both going to be there at that time, but it's entirely possible that they are, just being it being a very deep tight end class. Um, because they're both kind of dual threats. They can block. They can pretty much do anything. They're kind of do-it-all tight ends. They're, they're definitely more than capable as, passing, or as pass catchers, and they're definitely great blockers as well. Uh, fourth round, I'm gonna corner. I'm gonna go cornerback, and 
I know that's this graphic's kind of similar to yours, but uh, we I promise we didn't make these together. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna go cornerback just because I see this class being fairly deep, and I think we need a guy that can be a long-term replacement for Drake or Patrick because I don't see him being on this team too much longer just because we're gonna have to re-sign William Jackson, and William Jackson is gonna be very expensive, and Drake or Patrick has a big contract that's gonna be able to be cut down after well he can we can technically cut him after this year and save a lot of money but definitely after next year we can save a lot more money um fifth round i'm gonna re-attack linebacker uh i we just need depth at the position we just need bodies there uh and then so for my five six round picks first six round pick is gonna be wide receiver extremely deep wide receiver class you might get a second or third round guy in the sixth round uh there's legitimately 20 to 25 guys that are studs they're absolute studs uh and i i can't this wide receiver class is unlike any other we have we've never seen a wide receiver class this deep before so i think it'd be stupid not to get your hand in that and that being said uh i'm gonna go wide receiver again with the next six round pick just double dip at this point you want to get as many bodies in a deep class like this get cody uh, out. yeah get cody yeah, get cody core the hell out of here uh then after that we're gonna go defensive tackle Second deepest position in this draft. Uh, I think that's another position you have to get your hand in. Uh, just try and get a hit on there. Um, after that, I'm going to hit linebacker again with our fourth sixth-round pick. Like I said, just need some bodies there. Um, my last sixth-round pick, I'm going to go center. Uh, we, just, we need some backup. We need some depth. Uh, I already addressed offensive tackle in round one. I think we do need to sign someone in free agency. But, I mean, this guy probably doesn't make the roster, but at the very least, he can get some camp competition. And then with my seventh round pick, my last pick, I'm going to be a running back. I'm a pretty big believer in taking running back every draft just because we see guys like Chris Carson and Philip Lindsay and Austin Eckler. Well, Austin Eckler is kind of older, but Philip Lindsay and Chris Carson break out every year. There's always one of those late seventh round undrafted guys that always does pretty good. Uh, and I, I think it'd be stupid not to get your hand in a running back every year, not just this year. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I got on this mock. Um, I also have another mock. I don't know if we have time to do that. Uh, unless you want to talk about something else. Uh, no, let's do what we want to do next week. Since I know we're not scouting next week, let's talk about some of the prospects that we like or may not like, or it's just possible the Bengals could consider, consider based off what we know now. Okay. Um, so, uh, you want to start? Uh, let's I know we both want to talk about Haskins. So let's start with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Haskins, he's looking to be the best quarterback in this class. Uh, I know I've been high on Herbert earlier. Haskins just looks to have a little more talent at this point and a little more. I don't uh, think Herbert's declaring. Yeah. I don't think Herbert's going to declare either. Uh, even if he does, I think I might have Haskins over him just because the arm production. I haven't completely scouted, so I can't say, but based off the little had, then I thought Herbert was a little better, but that's kind of a toss up in the air for me right now. Yeah, I haven't really scouted either in depth. I've watched some games. Uh, Herbert just looks – there really isn't a QB1 in this class. And personally, I don't think Haskins would be – okay. If you think a guy is a starting quarterback, if you think a guy is a franchise quarterback, he's worth the number one pick. Yeah. Personally, if you're not sure if – I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stats guy. I kind of do things based off of probability. So, if you think a guy has a – 90% chance of being your franchise quarterback, then yeah, you take him on one. But if you like these two quarterbacks in this class, realistically, kind of more of a 50 50 shot or whatever, or however you want to look at it. Um, so I don't think they're going to be worth a, a number one overall pick. I think more like 
five to fifteen would be the range yeah. I would take either of those quarterbacks. Um, that being said, I do see Haskins as being a little bit better. Yes, he has issues like his arm angle. He's kind of spotty overall. Uh, kind of just collapses at sometimes. Sometimes, but I think Herbert is definitely a safer prospect. But I think he has a lower ceiling. So I, I think Haskins is probably probably the best pick for us because we can't settle for mediocre again. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad what you brought up. If a quarterback can be, then he's worth the pick. And teams don't draft quarterbacks based off what their talent in that draft is. Like Donald last year, I think I know he's struggling now, but I think he's going to be a really good player in the future. However, he was talent-wise, he was not a top ten, top twenty pick. He, if I was no. to give him a generic ground grade, he's a late first, early second at best. But because yeah. he can be that guy, you take him. So you don't draft quarterbacks based off where their talent is in that draft. You draft them based off what they can be in the future. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, that's that's a good point, and I I tend to grade that way as well. Uh, but then I find myself like, I mean, for example, this is kind of a uh, extreme example, but last year Michael Dixon, uh, he was obviously an elite player. He's, he's a punter, if you guys don't know. He's a Seahawks punter. I was very high on him coming out. And as a raw player, I mean, I probably – I think he probably should have been worth a late second, early third as a grade. Uh, but because he played punter, he obviously slid down a little bit. So I think you have there's – there's a little middle ground, a little bit of gray area when it comes to that. But with quarterbacks, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And Haskins – and the thing about Haskins is, yeah, he has these issues, but they're all fixable, and they're fixable with playing. And that's kind of where the argument of should he stay or should he – Come to the NFL because it's easier yeah, it's than, it's, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he ends up leaving just because Urban Meyer, obviously, for multiple reasons. If Urban stays, because uh, there is talks about him possibly stepping down and retiring after this year. If Urban stays, he obviously favors Tate Martell just because Tate Martell is that kind of quarterback that he's always liked, that running quarterback, not necessarily a pass first, um, kind of a dual threat. Or Haskins is kind of just a pocket, pure pocket pro style quarterback that he's not used to. Um, I also think this is as high as his draft stops going to be next year. Uh, there's going to be other quarterbacks that are probably going to be better, especially if Herbert doesn't declare. Haskins is yeah, going to be the front runner for the number one overall pick. So I think it'd be stupid of him not to declare. He could be QB four next year when he could be yeah. QB one this year. Yeah, exactly. He he's a lot to be a top two quarterback this year, and he's a lot to be going in the top half of the first round if he declares this year. Yeah. Next year, there's no guarantees, so. I think he'd be stupid not to declare. So I think he does end up declaring. Um, but yeah, uh, who else do you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I'll talk. There's, I know I've been really low on Devin White for the Bengals, and there's one situation where I wouldn't like, but I'd be okay taking them, taking him. And this isn't the situation, so it's not realistic. It starts with Marvin Lewis can't be the coach. Uh, we kind of have to be going at a rebuild type mode where we know we're going to be really bad next year because Devin White's not going to be good this year. I think just from a skills standpoint, Devin White has the most skills, but just the fact he has – he's still out reading plays, he's going to really struggle the first couple of years. So if we know, okay, we're going to be bad, we don't need him to be this amazing linebacker year one, we're going to develop him, then okay, but we need a new coach and be kind of knowing that's what's going to happen. Also, Ed Oliver – Quinn Williams definitely need to be gone. Haskins has to be gone. He'd basically have to be the. I think Jonah Williams and Yardney Kajusu would have to be gone as well. Yeah, I think both of the tackles would have to be gone. Yeah, like he would need to be kind of 
the only player that's worth for us and team need at that point, knowing it's we're going to be bad. But I just don't see that situation happening. Yeah, and I I feel a little bit differently on Devin White than you. I know you you're a Mac Wilson guy, and I just don't see Mac Wilson as that cerebral player. I see Devin White to be a little bit smarter than Mac Wilson. Uh, so that's not really my issue with Devin White. My issue with Devin White is not, he's not as refined as a for, – for how athletic he is, he's not where he needs to be as a cover guy. Um, he's kind of a – he's kind of Roquan Smith without the running – without or not without the running, sorry, without the coverage. Um, so that's – he needs to work on his coverage a little bit. Uh, that's something I don't really – not really a huge fan of with him. And he's also kind of that lanky linebacker that we have in Malik Jefferson. We already have a Devin – we already have a stupider Devin White in yeah. Jefferson. So I just think Devin White, he's more of a natural football player, but that also does kind of throw away Malik Jefferson right away. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like he Devin White obviously has instincts where Malik Jefferson doesn't. Yes. So There's that's just, kind of where I was trying to get at. But yeah, that's just the one situation I wouldn't really like. I'd just be okay with it. Yeah, I, I think Devin White, for us, I wouldn't want to take him into the late first round. I think if we're picking top 10 and Quinn Williams, Ed Oliver, Dwayne Haskins, Jonah Williams, and Yadni Kajusti are gone, we need to trade back. Uh, yeah. There's no one else really worth it at that point for us. Um, it just wouldn't make sense to stay there. Uh, and I know a lot of other teams would be interested in taking guys like Raekwon Davis that early and guys like – Brian Burns or Greedy Williams, and we just can't afford to do that at this point, so it'd make more sense for us to trade back. Yeah. Um, another guy, two, speaking of which, um, two other guys I think would be interesting to talk about is Ed Oliver versus Quinn Williams. And personally, yes, I think Quinn Williams is a better prospect, but I think Ed Oliver would be better for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And something that, and I know our linebackers are really bad at stopping the run, but I feel like a st- really, really good player like Ed Oliver that's great at stuffing run is going to yeah. hit us more than a run-stopping linebacker. Just definitely- yeah, that's where I was getting at. Uh, so, Quinn Williams, he's definitely the better pass rusher. And he's definitely the three-tech that Gino kind of is. Uh, Ed Oliver is kind of more versatile. Ed Oliver is, actually- Ed Oliver is a lot what people thought Vitavia was going to be, where he was going to be this guy that can be, okay, he can be the nose tackle and and nickel, he can slide over to that second three tech spot. Ed Oliver actually can do that. Yeah. Where Vitavia really couldn't. Um, like you said, Ed Oliver is that run stuffing tackle or defensive tackle that we kind of that would really help us. Yeah, and for some reason the media just likes to shit on him. Anything that happened with him, they like to turn it on him. Like his coach got mad at him for wearing a coat on the sideline. Just, just going to be a, for some reason. He's just going to be a person the media hates. Don't fall for that. Yeah, he's going to get that treatment. Oh, who was the player? I forget. Who was the player? It was either last. It was like two years ago. Who we all, everyone overthought it. Was it? I don't know if it wasn't Joey Bosa. It was. I think it was Joey Bosa. Actually, he's going to get the Joey Bosa treatment where everyone's going to overthink it and you're going to be like, "Oh, well, he does this little thing wrong and he has this character issue." And he don't overthink it, guys. He's going to be a top. He's going to be a top five DT in the NFL. Yeah. And pairing him for Geno Atkins for a few years is going to be great. Yeah, for sure. And that would really that would give us the best defensive line, and that will help our linebackers so much. Yeah, it definitely would. And, yeah. And Sorry, since, I'm more tired. And, I'll, and we're going to disagree on Mac Wilson. He's somebody who I think is getting smarter as the season goes on, which is a good sign for me. I don't think he's worth 
or want to be taking. So if you did want to take him, I would want to trade down. Uh, something I found interesting, this gets for the whole Alabama defense. And they really struggled that first half. Williams did have a couple really good plays, but even he didn't play to his full potential. And that's kind of what happens when you don't play that level of offense the whole year and you go in there, then you get, you're going to kind of get slapped in the face. So, Yeah, I mean, they ended up winning the game. And I think Georgia yeah. put up Mac a good Wilson. fight. Yeah, Mac uh, Wilson actually broke up that Hail Mary at the end, which I kind of thought was funny and kind of cool that a linebacker did that. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I think he's worth, if we did trade back to like a 16, 17 pick, I think he's worth it. I know you view him more of a late round guy. That's some guy we're going to disagree on, but. No, I don't, I don't view him as a late round guy. I view him as like a late first round yeah, guy. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, he's definitely worth later, late first, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think I'd hate the pick at Mac of Mac Wilson in the teens. I just think there'd be a little, some more, some better options. But I, I definitely wouldn't hate it. It just depends on who's there. Like, I know I love him, but he, I'm not going to say, "Oh, I love this pick." If there's better guys there, like, I'm, right? There was some guy two years ago who, uh, we took John Ross. So there was some guy who no, might have been Malik Hick. Crap, what's Ohio State State? Millie Cooker. I'm like, I would actually really like this pick. And I was kind of speaking up to him. I, I knew we weren't going to draft him. But let's just say, for example, we drafted him and Corey Davis was there. I would have rather had Corey Davis. So just because I really like the prospect doesn't mean he's who I actually want to draft no matter what. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, but, yeah, is there anyone else you want to talk about? or uh, Not on my mind. And actually, just going to make a comparison and – when speaking of linebackers, I know I kind of mentioned why has that upside, but Wilson also has a lot of upside. So I think if you're making an argument, which I saw between a couple of Bengals fans on Instagram the day ago, like, oh, White has higher upside. I mean, he might have a little more, but Wilson's really athletic. He still has a pretty high ceiling, I think. So I think if you're solely drafting White over Wilson because of the ceiling of the player, that's not a smart idea. Well, I mean, I think you have to take ceiling into account. I think if, I, I mean, mean that's like the sole reason. Look at, no. You're going to look at Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker is, I, in my opinion, is the better cornerback right now. But give athletically, Greedy Williams is far superior a prospect just because of that ceiling. Yeah. And I tend to agree with that Bengals fan that you were talking about. I, I tend to think Devin White has a much larger ceiling than Mac he Wilson does. because he's so athletic. And Mac Wilson, yes, he's a great athlete, but I just the type of linebackers there. I kind of just I kind of side more with Devin White in that area with on, on a ceiling. I definitely agree that White has the higher ceiling, but I think Wilson, it's not like Wilson's going to be bad in the future and his ceiling's only so limited. Like, yeah, White's is going to be higher, but Wilson's going to be, I think, has Pro Bowl potential in him. Yeah, and I, I would argue that Devin White even might have, I don't I don't want to say Hall of Fame potential, but I think he... That's White could build it, too. I think, I think Devin White might have some, some second team, first team all pro potential. Uh, yeah. And... I, I might be a little biased because I don't know if you guys saw this. You can probably uh, Google it or look on YouTube. He walked. He <laughs> he was on, he rode around campus on a horse. I believe it was Thursday or Friday or something like that. I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, yeah, that kind of that kind of gave me gave me a little boost on Devin White. Not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you won. What was that? Style points going to account for you. Yeah, style points definitely going to account right there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for today, guys. What do you think? And that's all. I mean, 
we're going to be talking about linebackers a lot for the past months to be debating and also just knowing uh, and just not going um, – we'll probably say this all, but not going linebacker round one isn't done with the world if you get a guy like Giles Harris or Patty Fisher round two. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can force to pick a linebacker round one. I mean, yes, it would be it would be nice. But if you're going to get an offensive tackle or a quarterback, yes, they can afford to wait. But if you're going to take a guy like – if you're going to take a corner, if you're going to take a a defensive tackle not named Quinn Williams or Ed Oliver, I don't know if it's really worth it. Yeah, it's just – yeah. Anyways, end of story. Uh, I like Mac Wilson just in case you guys can't tell. Yeah. Uh, that's something we might, we might disagree on a little bit for uh, – We'll see how it plays out in the offseason. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll come back with you guys next week, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that kind of area. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Who day? Who day?